Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. With producer Sanaa Marie. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. Hey guys, this is April Talbert of Gabby Grace Boutique, hanging out in the studio with my girl Ina Esco on the Verbally Effective Podcast. Hi, I'm Davina Jones with Couture Cares, and I'm here with Ina Esco on Verbally Effective Podcast. Mrs. Mallory Hewlett is the owner and primary educator at Creative Collegiate Academy. Mallory has been teaching in the Memphis, Mississippi area for over 11 years in which she has taught grades kindergarten, second, and third grade. She matriculated through Lane College in Jackson, Tennessee, receiving a BA in elementary education in 2006. She received her master's degree in early childhood, birth to third grade in 2017. Obtaining these degrees assisted her with becoming a better educator and has given her the tools and resources to build lifelong learners in the scholars of Creative Collegiate Academy. Creative Collegiate Academy is a home-based preschool educating ages three to five years old that builds the foundation and sets the standard for kindergarten readiness. She is the mother of a son that also attends CCA, and he is one of the reasons that, as a family, they stepped out on faith to bring forth a school that nurtures and develops the whole child. <laughs> Verbally effective, your double E, Ina Esco here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 133 of the Verbally Effective Podcast. I know a lot has changed for a lot of you with school starting, and I have the perfect guest today to get into some of those conversations with today. I have one of my good friends that I've been knowing for quite some time, and I am just so extremely proud of her. She is the owner and educator and creator of Collegiate Academy. And I have with me today, Miss Mallory Giselle Hewlett. I know I'm saying that last name right, Mallory, am I? Yes, you are, you are. <laughs> See, I know, girl, you know I know how to pronounce these words. Hewlett, Miss, Mrs. Hewlett, how are you today? I am great, I am great. How are you? Wonderful. I am good. Thank you so much for joining me today. I, I just thought that you would be the perfect guest for us parents, you know, getting back into the groove of things with school starting. How is that going for you, especially since you have your own academy? Well, it is going well. Um, this year is year two with the crew, so all of, except for two, were with me on last year, and we are a true pre-K, so we're going to lose all of them um, next year to kindergarten. Oh, wow. How do you feel about that? I am anxious and excited and a little bit emotional because yeah. they were my first babies. And yeah. including in those first babies is my own baby who will be leaving me to go to kindergarten. <laughs> so yes. it's like, oh my goodness. And you know, we've been watching Eli grow up on social media. And you know, I have an Eli as well over here. He is absolutely adorable. And I know he is just everything to you. I already know. He is my everything. <laughs> I already know, honey. Something about them boys. Being a boy mom, you know, I, I, I'm on the same page with you. But, Mallory, let's start at the beginning. What part of Memphis are you from? I am from, <laughs> it's kind of hard to say. My family is from South Memphis, 
Whitehaven area. Okay. And I've grown up a little bit of everywhere. Um, but right now I'm in Cordova. I graduated from Cordova High School. Okay. So I would say Cordova. <laughs> Cordova. Okay. So tell me about growing up in Cordova and what were some of the activities you were involved in growing up? What did Mallory like back then? Ooh, Mallory liked a lot back then. Um, fashion, um, clothes, shopping. I was a cheerleader in high school. Okay. Um, a kind of all-around girl. So basketball, football, cheerleading, and those extracurricular activities. Um, so, yeah, really? I was just one of those <laughs> in high school that was into cheerleading and dance. All right, cheerleading and dance. And um, as far as your family is concerned, are, do you have siblings? Yes, I do. I have um, a sister and a brother. Okay. My sister is 33 and my brother is 32. Oh, so I know you You all are really tight it's with them ages. We are. Yes. <laughs> we yes. are really close. Wow. The three M's. The three so M's. Mallory, Melanie. And Michael, yes. <laughs> wow, Mallory, Melanie, and Michael. I like that. Now, is your brother overprotective of his sisters? Um, yes, he can be that way at times. <laughs> He's physically mm -hmm. in his own world. We have to find him. So oh. yeah. <laughs> Look, I know how we're overprotective of our brothers. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. I got yes. you because I know how brothers can be, honey. Now, let's talk about when you graduated from Cordova. What were your eyes set on when you graduated? When I graduated from Cordova, my eyes were set on a child care facility. Um, so I wasn't sure of what my degree would be in. So I was like, okay, I know I want to do daycare, but where do I go? Uh, where do I start? So when I got to Lane, uh, they did not have an early childhood program. They had education, but they had it ruled under interdisciplinary studies. So you, it was like a general major. So I went into education. Okay. And as I was going through um, college, I worked at a child care facility in Jackson, uh, Tennessee. And the same child care facility that I worked at during college, I worked at in the summertime as well. So I would come home because they were they had a sister uh, school here so I would work there during the the school year and then I would come back home for the summer and I would work at the same facility and it was in Cordova too um, wow. during the summertime so you always knew you wanted to be involved with children then you knew that a long oh, time yes, ago always. Wow. yes I did my first little um, thing when I was in high school I was a part of the babysitters club they had, um, at the Peabody Library, they used to do a class with CPR, and they would CPR certify you and get you set up to babysit. So I used to babysit uh, for some of my mom's colleagues and stuff like that. So wow. it's all, always been like a lifelong thing. What is it about children, um, Mallory? I, I, I mean, I know you have a son. I know you love your son. But prior to that, what was it about children that you love so much? I don't know. I just like seeing them develop and they're so happy. And it's like something about children that makes even your worst day the best. Yeah. Like seeing them smile, they laugh, you know, like they're playing. It's like carefree mm -hmm. life of being with children. And of course, being the older sibling. So I'm the oldest. Oh, <laughs> so my gotcha. sisters and brothers coming up, we were really close as children. And so, yeah, just the uh, seeing them develop and like, things spark in their mind and they like aha it's like exciting seeing them yes. especially when it comes to education their reactions yes now now you and i have something in common we both went to hbcus you know were you set on attending an hbcu oh. what attracted me to me was growing up i always was in a school that was not a lot of so right. <laughs> growing up I would go to like my dad took us to PSU um, to, to visit the campus um, I had family members that went to Al Alcorn or Mississippi Valley mm -hmm. so like I, all of that is what I was seeing around me and so I was like I want to go to an HBCU um, mm -hmm. and Lane was the first school to like accept me so I was like I'm going to Lane <laughs> yeah. I gotta get away from Memphis I'm going to Lane and when I went to Lane it was more like home 
versus my last four of my social. Lane College made me feel like it was my family. And, like, if I call and say, hey, I need my trans group, whoever answers the phone, like, oh, that's so-and-so. So yep. it was like a, the relationships <laughs> that were built. Um, and even seeing people now in passing, you know, the registrar, hey, how you doing? You know, like mm-hmm. homecoming was mm-hmm. a thing to get mm-hmm. back to the family reunion. <laughs> so Lane always was a sense of family for me, even though it wasn't far away from home, it was far enough, and I still had a close-knit family where I, where I was. Yeah, that's how those HBCUs are. You know, you're around people that look like you. It it really does feel like family. So I definitely understand. Now, you know, while you were at Lane getting your degree, you know, what kind of activities were you involved in outside of the, you know, child care development piece and education? I was. A cheerleader. You were the, are you sure and, was? Okay. Yes. Okay. I was a cheerleader in life for football and basketball. Um, I did whatever my hands could find to do to help uh, on committees and did any type of decorations and homecoming. And mm-hmm. I was in the Sigma pageant. I was in the Alpha pageant. So okay. I was doing a lot when I got to college and yes. made sure I stayed involved because the more you're involved, the less trouble you're getting in. <laughs> that's true, that's true, that's true. Now, when you graduated from Lane, what happened? When I graduated from Lane, I came home, and I was looking for a job, like all college students do, and ended up working at Delia's in Carryville um, as the store was opening. So I was mm-hmm. opening the store, and I was like, I know that this is not what I want to do, <laughs> Yeah. When I started working in the store, I was like, I really want to be working in child care or I want to um, teach. So I started working at a daycare center in Crayville, mm-hmm. just working and enjoyed it. But then I was like, I don't know if this is going to be it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I applied for a position in Mississippi to teach. And my grandmother's best friend, from like they said they were friends since kindergarten, yeah. um, her sister was a superintendent at the time at mm-hmm. um, Clarksville uh, Municipal Schools. And she told me that, you know, they had a position for kindergarten available and I could come down and interview. So I drove from Memphis to Clarksville, Mississippi, <laughs> applied for the job, interviewed, and I got the job. So wow. I started working, teaching in September of 2004. Yes. Look, yes. Your dream and was fulfilled. I, <laughs> not 2004. I graduated from college in 2006. Why did I say 2004? So it was 2008 when I started teaching. Okay. And did you love Keep it? The numbers right. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, my goodness. I ate, slept, and breathed that classroom. My very first class of kindergartners graduated from high school this year. Oh, wow. Um, and my second class is graduating this year. And oh. I have attended graduations. I have attended, like, when they graduated from junior college, high school. I have all of them are my friends on Facebook for the most part. Um, so I still have relationships with those children and their families. Um, and Facebook is a great connector. So, like, I'm friends with them on Facebook, so I get to see their growth from, they were in my kindergarten class, and to Mm -hmm. see them, like, graduate and go to college has been, like, very rewarding. And for them to even remember, like, I posted a picture, and it was, like, 11, 12 years ago, on on Facebook, you know, it keeps up with everything. So, I posted a picture of them from a luau party I did for them when they were in Mm -hmm. kindergarten, and they were like, oh, my God, I remember (laughs) that. And I tagged them in the picture, so it was, like, really. It was a struggle driving from because I drove from Memphis I was to Mississippi every day. That. I was going to ask you yes. that because how far is Clarksville from uh, Memphis? About an hour and a half. I was Ooh. living off of Sycamore View at the time oh. uh, when I was driving. So okay. yes, it was about an hour and a half, sometimes two, just depending on traffic. Mm. And I drove yes every day. Because I was living here already, committed to the classroom, yes. Wow. <laughs> and I had a friend that I saw, and she ended up teaching in Clarksville, too. So she taught third grade, 
and I taught kindergarten, and we would take turns driving. So one week I would drive, the next week she would drive. So me and Monica were on the road to teaching. Wow. Look, and big yes. shout out to Monica. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so how long did you teach in Clarksville? I taught there for four years wow on that road for four years on the road so the third year the fourth year i ended up my mom was living in tunica so she moved she my mom loves the city for some reason <laughs> she moved to tunica and um i would say i stayed with her and would drive from her house to clarksville so it made cut the drive down some yeah. and then monica ended up uh teaching here in memphis so i was driving by myself that last year but it was very rewarding and the start that foundation in Mississippi was like no, no other <laughs> yeah so it really gave me the the start that I needed to be who I am today you know what Mallory I remember when you first started teaching and you know how teachers post you know it may be what their classroom look like or activities they do with the kids you have always been so creative and different to me with how you go about in the activities and the presentation you just to me bring a different a whole different aspect on a creative side with the children so I, I know you've always had you know a sense of creativity within you where where does that come from Mallory so my mom is really creative she has that Spoke about her when it comes to like decorating and like holidays and mm -hmm. like her presentation when she puts things together. So I can truly say the foundation of my creativity came from my mom. Wow. Um, when I started teaching, my cousin was actually my literacy coach um, and she was like very creative. And so her being creative and like teaching me what to do when it came to literacy and how to make the activities work for my class was like a game changer. So like being creative overall is something like in general, but then teaching and making your lessons creative and being able to connect to children outside of the box, like has always been my family was like, I have a family of educators. My cousin's mom was the principal and her sister was a teacher. So like all my grandmother's sisters were in education. So mm -hmm. I can truly say like the foundation of it that started to connect the pieces, like my mom being creative and then having a cousin who was my literacy coach who did not let up on me. Like I think she was harder on me than the rest of the teachers mm -hmm. that were up under her because she said she knew my potential. She was like, and... I don't want people to know like that you're my family and you know, I'm not going to let up. So yeah. you're going to be who you are <laughs> yeah. and you're going to do what needs to be done. And you're going to meet and make those goals and games for your children. So it all started in my classroom in Mississippi with my small group of 12 kindergartners. <laughs> my very first year teaching. Wow. So, yeah. And, and not only are you creative, like in the classroom, but you're creative I think from a fashion sense too. So, you know, I heard in the beginning, you've always been into fashion. Tell me about your creative side with fashion. So I've always liked patterns and like, when I got into the classroom, I started dressing like whatever my theme was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I've always liked, liked colors and things that would grab people's attention and maybe something that somebody else may not wear. But I know that I can make it work. <laughs> it yes. doesn't have to be high end. It can yes. be something inexpensive. You can make it work for you. Mm -hmm. And so growing up, my mom would like, of course, buy clothes and stuff. But when I started working, it was when I was like, oh, my headband has to match my belt and it has to match my shoes and my purse. <laughs> <laughs> and I have pictures from high school. And I'm like, oh, my God, I really was into zebra print <laughs> or yes. skin. I was wearing all kind of print. So I just like to, like, stand out. My parents were um, Kojic, you know, really into the church. So I didn't start wearing pants until I was 17. And, you know, so they were really strict. Mm -hmm. So I had to make my fashion work for me. And that's where it really came from. Like, okay, I have to wear a skirt today, but I'm going to make it look like, you know, somebody else going to wear this. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I would dress it up. 
and make it feel like, you know, of course you stand out when you are different, mm -hmm. but you want to make sure you still fit in. That's where that came from. So like having mm -hmm. to stand out because everybody knew that Mallory didn't dress a certain way or couldn't do a certain thing because her parents were in the church. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, but look at Mallory. She got on a cute outfit. <laughs> you know, so make it work for you where you don't stick out like a sore thumb in a bad way <laughs> yes Mallory you have always been dressed to the nine in my opinion like very creative you know even with your hair you have always <laughs> brought it honey <laughs> oh, I love a good hairstyle and I would yes. switch my hair up with the quickest Yes, and you can rock anything though. You can rock anything, fashion wise, hair wise. You got it going on, girl. You got it going on. Thank you, thank you. Yes, thank okay. You. So you've been teaching since two thousand eight. Started in Clarksville, Mississippi, with your kindergartners. How did you create Collegiate Academy? Tell me, how did that come about? So I came to Memphis and I worked in childcare in between as a director at uh, two facilities here, like, you know, in between leaving the school and coming to Memphis and trying to find my space. I started teaching in the charter schools and was like, oh, this is it. Like, I can make a rap for the kids. We, you know, I was remixing songs to teach yeah. and, like, getting ready for TCAP. So I'm like, okay, this is it. And so I taught third grade um, for two years, and then I switched schools. Of course, there's charter school have, you know, their time. So I switched yeah. schools, and I was like, okay, I'm going back to the same neighborhood, but now I'm in second grade. So I was in second grade, and I was like, okay, I like it. Then I got the opportunity to go to kindergarten. I'm like, okay, this is great, <laughs> but something's missing. Mm. And so... I, as I was teaching kindergarten, I would notice some of the foundational skills that they were missing, and the reason why they were missing them was because they didn't have a foundation, which would be pre-K or preschool. Mm. So I'm like, how can I help? Like, what is missing? And why are the kids not excited about school? Like, I loved school growing up. Like, I would have my clothes laid out and ready to go. Like, the first day of school was my favorite. Like, oh, my God, first day of school, I'm my clothes ready, get my backpack ready, I'm ready. And it was like, I would get the kids, and they like, oh, I'm just at school. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. I'm just here. Yeah. And so sometimes it can be your, you know, parents, or it can be your environment. But, like, why at such a young age is it a drab to go to school? And why are they missing some of these foundational pieces? And so I was like, okay, I think it's time. Nope, it's not time. It's not time. So then my husband was like, look, you've had, you've had this conversation for the last four years. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to stay at the school. Because, of course, you get comfortable, and you're like, this is it. And... Do you start off with a building or do you start small? Like how, where, where would I start? Right. And so we had a conversation um, and he was like, well, why don't we just use our house? <laughs> like use our house. <laughs> and so we started to plan and I was praying as I was planning and I'm like, Lord, where do I go next? Like where, what is my next step and how do I know that this is the right thing to do? Mm -hmm. um, leave my job where I have a good salary. I have, you know, my insurance and everything. Mm -hmm. What to do? What is the step? So I started writing in a um, book, okay, the things that I wanted. What I wanted the school to look like, um, what type of, what was my mission, what would I accomplish, what age the kids would be. And as I'm planning and praying, my husband has already plotted. <laughs> He's already prepared Amen. to make the step. So I'm like, I come home, it was April. And I was telling him, I was like, I, they sent out contracts they wanted to sign for um, the next school year. And I'm like, I don't know. And he was like, I mean, it's up to you. What do you want? What do you really want to do? And I said, I really want my own school. He was like, okay. And I was like, okay, it's like that easy, <laughs> okay? And he was like, yes, okay. And so I went to work, 
like normal, came home. I told him, I told the principal, we had a good sit-down talk, and she was understanding. I love, I still have connections with the school that I was at uh, the year before I started, and, you know, they were like family. So it was really good ending um, to that last year of teaching. And so he, I came home, and he gave me an envelope, and the envelope had a check. Okay, <laughs> check. check. Come was, on with it. Yes, check. <laughs> <laughs> the check to do the renovation. So we turned mm. our master bedroom into the classroom and our dining room into the creative cafe. Oh. And it was a quick process because April is when I got the money, and we opened in August wow. of 2019. Y'all been so, playing, uh, honey. Y'all, no. shout out to hubby. Hubby, he knew what you needed again. Yes, and so it kind of like everything just kind of fell into place. It was like wow. moving right along. Um, I, at first, I was not going to like announce it on social media mm-hmm. because I was like, well, you know, Sometimes you try to hide your blessings, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a good time for that to do that yes. because I had already been talking to parents or people people that had children that were between the ages of three and five. I did a survey in January of people that I knew who had children because we talked about this before the year before. So he was like, "Well, do a survey and see." So this was January before I got the check in April. Um, and I did a survey, mm-hmm. and so I had a potential list of families, and out of that potential list of families, only one family enrolled okay. <laughs> with me and still is with me right now. Amen. So Got that, per- that family will be rewarded because they were the first, like, out of all the people that I surveyed and talked to, to actually come and seek and stay with CCA. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. And my family's now, majority of them came from Facebook or Instagram from people sharing my posts. So, like, had I not opened it up to social media, I don't, I think that I still would have been successful, but I think that it came from people sharing my posts and Mm -hmm. loving the status and the reactions came and, like, the shares went out. And then people that knew people that knew people was like, I need somewhere for my child to go. And I want something small Mm -hmm. and intimate for them. And here's Miss Mallory with the family day home that, in my mind, is a facility. And that's how I speak of it because I have to speak it into existence, what I really want to happen. Because we start small. But we think big. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That that is just beautiful. I mean, you got the check in April and you was up and running. You said in May or August? August? In August. So we opened wow. our doors on August the fifth. Was the first day of school. Wow. For the that that is amazing. I remember when you posted about it and, and like you said, you you weren't posting as you were planning. You posted when you was ready to execute. And I feel you on that about, you know, taking a minute to express your blessings to everyone. I I understand what you mean by that. And it's amazing. I I, I remember when you posted that. I was so happy. To me, I felt like, oh, wow, Mallory is doing it. Like, that would be perfect (laughs) for her because I saw you over the years with your kids and I knew how passionate you were about education. And I was like, go, girl, go, do it, do it. I was so happy and still so happy for you to this day, Mallory. Now, let me ask you this. Now, okay. I know starting a entire school, I'm sure is somewhat of an undertaking. And you did that thing from April to August. Like from a, I guess, You know, I know there are different protocols involved with starting an actual school. How was that process of like, you know, I'm sure maybe it's some certifications that need to be done or things of that nature. Was that an easy process starting an entire school and being official? So the process process was um, through the Department of Human Service for uh, child care. So I went through DHS. They have a two-day training um, 
that you have to go through and then all of the protocols that you have to meet in order to open. Okay. So the process was uh, not tedious, but it was like when you're prepared for something, you're ready for whatever's going to come with that, that plan. Mm-hmm. So I went to the class in the beginning of April. So we, so the process was like, okay, we talked about this. This is what we're going to do. What do they say I need to do? So call in and, you know, sign up for the class. So I went to the two-day class myself, my husband, and my sister. So they're all certified under DHS with me just in case I needed someone throughout okay. the time. So, like, he has went – my husband has the TPR in first aid. He's done all the training classes. So he's like a teacher. <laughs> if need oh. of course, he works. But he went through the process with me so that he would know what the protocols were. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to go through a fire inspection. And then I had to have my program evaluator come in to make sure, you know, take the um, measurements of the space. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a full playground, so they had to make sure that the playground had all of the safety measures it needed um, before we could, like, have children in. So oh, wow. it took about two months for that process mm-hmm. to roll out because we were officially slated to open uh, in July. But because of the awesome. time when they came in in July, I decided just to do an August start to mm-hmm. give parents an opportunity. I had people still enrolling, and I wanted all of the kids to start together. There's something about that togetherness when they're all here. Mm-hmm. It's easy to lay the, um, not rules, but, you know, give them the expectations of how we use our materials. And so mm-hmm. I decided to just have an August start, like when school started, but before school started officially for um, Shelby County. Wow. So it was about a two-month process. Mm-hmm. Like, we had to change doorknobs. We had to have um, a six-foot fence. So there were a few things that we had to change along the way. But luckily, we had the funds to do that, those instant changes, and have them to come right back out. And so it was not too long. Yeah. You know, it was long enough. It was just when we needed to be prepared to open in yes. time. Oh, wow. And you say your sister and your husband also got the certifications and you said he works, but he's certified. I look, I want to call him your assistant principal <laughs> over there. <laughs> he calls Y'all be having a good food, the good healthy food. And he is a great help. He is a great help. I don't know. He God literally had to say, "This is the man for you. <laughs> this is your husband." Yes. And see, that leads me into this question. Uh, just listening, okay. you listening to you talk about your husband. How important is it to have a supportive partner in life? Oh my goodness! It is the foundation of relationships like he's my best friend so like even when I was working at the school I would call him and be like let me tell you what happened today Mm -hmm. so like having that relationship prior to being married um, we were friends before we got engaged we were friends it was just a friendship (laughs) before we became we were in a relationship so I think that that foundation that we laid in the beginning made it where we could balance each other now. And, like, he knows my strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I know his. I know his love language and what it is. He knows mine. Hey. And so knowing each other is, like, probably he's, – he's, like, I talk about him so much. <laughs> my friends are like, we're welcome. Because <laughs> they know that I said something to him first. And he's going to always – he knows how to get Mallory right where she needs to be mm-hmm. when she's upset or, you know, let her talk. And then he has – you know, his say about things. So I think their relationships, when you, especially when you're an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you have to have a support system. I've learned that it's okay to ask for help. 
Yes. Because in the classroom, I always was, of course, in the classroom by myself, but you have your principal, the assistant principal, your math coach, your reading coach. You have all of these support people that you don't have when you step out and do things on your own. So I had to realize that I have to lean on him for that support. Like, hey, this is what I need today mm-hmm. um, as far as the student concern. Hey, this is the list of things that I need you to get. Um, and be confident in that he can do it and not be like, did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? Because I have 50 other things that I have to do. And so having him, he has, he, he puts me in line. He's like, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you turn that in? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like we help each other. Like he balances me out. And the relationship that we have as friends has lent us to have a great relationship as a husband and wife. And as business partners because we are mm-hmm. business partners. This is our business. I run it, but it's our business because we did it together. Wow, that is amazing and so important to have a supportive partner in life because, you know, like you said, he's like you've gone from one dynamic to the other with having an entire support system with with the school system to being an entrepreneur and now having to figure it out. But you have him there to be at your side. So that's indeed a blessing, Mallory. Um And it it makes me think about, you know, like all of the changes that we've been going through um, with this COVID-19. You know, I got to hit on COVID-19 for a second. Because, you know, you you just started your school. You know, when March hit, all the news hit. The schools were shutting down. Like, what is going on? We just started a new school year. Tell me about how COVID has, you know, affected your school, if it has in any way, you know, did you have to change anything up about how you run your facility? Because I know you're open right now and a lot of people are taking the virtual learning route. So, you know, how did COVID affect what you do and why did you remain open instead of going the virtual route? I know it's probably going to be hard as hell with, you know, pre-K to go a <laughs> virtual route, but... Right. Right. So, okay, when we closed, we closed for two months, and I did a survey. I do a lot of surveying um, my parents because I feel like they're a part. This is us. Like, this is a family, and I'm working with your children, and you need to have input on, you know, what's going on. So I did a survey to ask if anybody needed child care. Like, did they need me to be open? Because they had to go to work. So I didn't have anybody say that they needed me to be open. So we decided to close. And when we made the decision to close, I had to decide, like, if I'm closed, how would I as a parent feel if my child's school was closed, but I had to pay them? (laughs) So I was like, what I'm going to do is just close and tell my parents that they pay their tuition a week in advance. So I told them that the week that they had already paid for would go towards whatever week we we started. So for the month of June, uh, I mean March, April, the month of April we were closed, and then June, uh, May came, we were closed. But I did a survey going into May to ask them if they were ready to come back. No one was ready to come back, and I understood it. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, okay, two months. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know how this is gonna work. We sat down and talked and had a conversation on me and Wilson about like finances and where this would lead us and like what did we need to do as far as our finances were concerned and we were good so he was like we're fine I was like okay well we'll keep going uh this is just an extended (laughs) break so we're fine financially um and I want to make sure my parents are fine as well because I don't know how this affected their home Mm -hmm. and so they were okay with it um so we came around towards May going into June, did another survey. And because I was a teacher, I remembered surveying parents and being transparent with them and really communicating with them. And I think that's one of my strong suits is communication. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that just because I run the business, that doesn't mean I don't need the people who help run my business, uh, their input. Okay. So I asked them and they were like, June 1st, we ready, Miss Mallory. <laughs> we ready for them to come back. I was like, okay, we can do a wow. summer camp. And um, the only thing that DHS will was, was ask and or require of us was to kind of try to social distance. So they suggested that we had shorter hours. Okay. So for the summer, we had eight to three 
um, hours. The kids were not, it's not mandated by the state for them to wear masks, so they didn't have to wear masks. The parents just could not enter into the facility because, you know, to keep down the traffic of adults, you know. Mm -hmm. So they would come in, they would leave, uh, scan in. So we have a QR scan code that they scan to drop off. And they drop them off. I do the temperature check, wash hands, that whole spiel, and it was good. Um, we have a pro care software, a child care software system that we use. And now that when they drive up, they can do it. Like the GPS locator, you can sign them in from the car. So it's like wow. a no contact scan okay. in system that we use. That we've been using pro care since last year, but that was just for tuition. And now they've upgraded their systems and it's an app. And so the parents have the app. They sign in. They have to actually sign on their phone screen. And so then when I get it, it's like they're signing in just in case uh, DHS asks for the mm -hmm. records of them signing in and out, uh, the kids. So wow. we use that now. That's one of the things that is different. Um, I made everything in the restroom automatic. So we have an automatic paper dispenser. We have an automatic soap dispenser. Uh, we actually just um, had the UV done to our air conditioning system to purify it, to make mm. sure that, you know, everything's pure and clean when it comes to the air. Um, and we have a air purifier in the classroom that's on all day to make sure that there's, you know, the germs and all of that kind of stuff is gone away. So we do a lot yeah. of cleaning. Yes. <laughs> and we had already been, like, Lysol people anyway. Lysol and Clorox wipes has always been my best friend. <laughs> so when it hit, it was like, where is the Lysol? Okay. Where is the um, hand sanitizer? Where are the things that I've already been using prior to this happening? Mm -hmm. um, so the two months that we were closed was time for me to stock up on the things that I need so that I could start whenever the parents were ready. And mm -hmm. so when we started in June, we didn't have to want or look for anything because we had everything. My husband is worked in a, a place that has all of the things. So Ooh, right on time, right on time. Things. He <laughs> knows where the things are. <laughs> yes, wow. And you know yes. what? You said from April up until when you opened back up in June, you were surveying. And it sounds like you had a little break in there. Now, what was Mallory doing from April to June? I, I know you were sending them surveys out, but did you have some self-care going on during that time you had a break? Um, A little bit. Not really. I was working. I started a, another little business. Okay. Um, I started Creative, creative Outside the Box. And um, it started because I had a dinosaur thing that I, I planned things for the kids. So the dinosaur thing wasn't complete. So I said, well, since I didn't get to complete the dinosaur thing, I can send the boxes to the families and do curbside drop-offs. So I picked, took all of the materials that I already purchased for the thing and put them in a box and put all these, like, um, dinosaur activities for the kids, books for them to read, and I dropped them off at each family's house and text them and said, you have a dino delivery. And Aww. so I did that for my kids, and someone saw it and asked me to do it for their nephews. Mm -hmm. And so I did the boxes for this guy's two nephews, and when I posted it on social media, somebody else asked. So it mm. went from <laughs> dinosaur theme boxes to spring theme boxes mm. to summer theme boxes. Perfect. So I have sold 50 creative outside the box boxes to people wow. um, from the beginning of the pandemic until the summer. And so I started a whole business from being at home <laughs> doing wow. nothing. I tried the Zoom thing with the kids. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, they're four, three and four. So yeah. they're like, oh, hey, Miss Mallory. They talk <laughs> to each other all on the screen. And yeah. so it was like, okay. That is the reason why I don't think virtual would work for preschool unless yes. someone was sitting with them because mm -hmm. their attention span is a minute times their age uh, yes. when you're doing anything with them. So you have to be mindful of that. So that's wow. to answer the virtual question. But, yes, yeah, no self-care was going on <laughs> in the beginning of the pandemic. Amazing. I was but working. You, but you started a whole nother business over there. Now, what's inside right. these boxes, Mary? Tell me what's in these boxes. What's what, what? So in the block, in the box mm -hmm. is a lesson plan that's parent friendly. So it's not something that's like you know teacher lesson plan, but it's parent friendly. So it would be a week worth of lessons, and inside the box would be everything that you would need for that lesson. So stay on Wednesday. We did um, we read on Wednesdays, and they take out the book, and it has a 
couple questions that the parent can ask the child as they're reading the book or after they're reading the book. And it's a book that has a sight word, so it's a book that the child can read on their own once you have, like, the flashcards of the sight word. Mm-hmm. Um, we put a... Um, beach ball in it and it has the stickers to put on the beach ball and I demonstrated some of the activities with Eli on live <laughs> and that was the funniest live <laughs> probably I ever, I've ever done because that was the first one <laughs> and we put the stickers on the beach ball and I would throw the beach ball to Eli and he would have to tell me what's the letter that he has and what's something that begins with that letter and it was demonstrating with them what was inside the box so yeah. our summer box had like sand activities, sand art um, they had visors in them that you can use fabric paint with. So it was things that I would actually do here. Mm-hmm. So it was like they could get a little piece of creative collegiate at their home inside a box. So right. I would take all the activities that I've done with the kids and just buy more and then sell them. So oh, it it went really well. I was supposed to do a back to school box, but because you know, they didn't go back to school. Mm-hmm. I decided to wait for the first break. So the next break that they have would be fall break. So it would be a fall into learning box that I would do with fall activities for those people who would like to purchase them. Wow, amazing. I, I know you're going to have some more uh, boxes to fulfill throughout, you know, the upcoming months with different things and things of that nature if you have time you know what i'm saying i i know yes, that's gonna yes. still <laughs> pop off now let's talk about yes. eli for a minute mr eli and eli has been with you since you started this school i'm sure that you know he was a huge part of the motivation for starting your school as well like tell me about the relationship between you and Eli and how does he motivate you, your son? Ooh, Eli. <laughs> he is everything <laughs> that gives life. I mean, he is a ball of energy. Um, seeing his development has like really been rewarding because as a teacher, you know, you teach other people's children. And so Sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes you feel as though you have your child and you put them on the back burner because you're burning the midnight oil for all of the things that you have to do as an educator to help other people's children. Mm-hmm. But seeing that he's with me every day, like I give homework on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so that means we have homework on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Right. And so he has to remind me, Mama, we didn't do my homework. And I'm like, I'm a teacher. How did I not, <laughs> how did I not remember that? For you, wow. so Eli has a really big personality. Um, my mom says it all the time. She's like, I know that he act like you, but like this is himself. Like he, mm-hmm. this the things that he says and does is like, are you for? Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. are you are you sure um, <laughs> that you're not fourteen? Um, so Eli, he's a big personality. I know that in life he's going to be something like, out of this world, because he even told me, he said, I'm going to be on the stage like Michael Jackson, and I okay, said, Eli. if that's what you want to do, baby, we're going to make it, make it work, so, yes. he, he's, he's everything, and, like, being a boy mom was not what I thought I wanted, I thought I wanted to be a girl mom, and mm. being a boy mom has really brought out the you know, homebody in me, the mm-hmm. sports girl in me, like yes. he, whatever karate, he's into karate and hip hop class and swim lessons. Like he's just has me everywhere, like stretched out. And I can do it comfortably with my matching J's on if that's what we put on. Okay. Yes. Um, so he's that, he brings out another side of me that I didn't even know that I had. And mm-hmm. he keeps me on my toes when it comes to being creative because Eli is creative too, of course. How could he not be? Okay. <laughs> be creative. And he's very creative. Um, he wants to do art and he loves music. And so, <laughs> you know, throughout this process, I'm getting to see that he's really has his own personality and he is a leader like no other and I'm like oh my god at first I thought I was going to have to send him somewhere else Mm. when I started because I was like this is gonna be hard for me Mm -hmm. um he's used to just being with me because it's just me and him and how's he gonna react with these other children being here it was a struggle in the beginning I like started trying to figure out what can I do to help him 
you know, get on board with what we have going on. So I started like, okay, today we got to, Eli, what do you want for breakfast? I want Chick-fil-A. So we would get dressed at like 6 o'clock in the morning, put our clothes on, get in the car, drive to Chick-fil-A, and come back. We'll take a backpack and everything. Like he was going <laughs> to school. And yeah. come back in the house. And it was like, we did it once a week. And then we started doing it once every two weeks. And then we did it once a month. And I said, okay, I see that it's that time that he needs with me to see that he matters too. You know, like, yes, these other children, I love them. Oh, my God, I love my kids. But I have to really realize that Eli wants to know that he has that moment with me as well. Because he's here, we school here, (laughs) we live here, and everything is here. So it's like I have to find time for him. And so he was speaking to me, and I didn't even know that that's what he was saying, like, Mommy, I need your attention. And so, Mommy, I need you was like, I'm going to act out today. And so I sat down and had a conversation with him. And he said said to me, he was like, why do they have to be here? And I was like, what, Eli? He was like, why? I was like, well, I'm the teacher. And he was like, well, you were teaching at the other school. Can you go back? You wanted me to go back to the school? He was letting you know, girl. Yeah, he let me know. But then he said, but they're my friends. He loves the kids. Like, uh, he'll cry after a break. When the kids coming back? And so... He now realizes, and he was three then, so now, mm-hmm. you know, he's four and growing and it's being, it's consistent and being consistent with him, with them makes it, like when dad's off, you can't go upstairs. You have to stay downstairs because we're at school. Mm-hmm. Uh, when dad gets off early, you can't go upstairs when he comes home. You have to stay downstairs when we're at school uh, until school is out. And so having those consistencies and welcome being consistent with him. So, so Eli is, is Eli. You have an Eli. <laughs> yeah, I can look, baby. You taking me down memory lane. I got an Eli too. And, you know, like you said, being a boy mom is so rewarding because they do teach you things about yourself that you never knew. And they just have your heart, honey. They just holding your heart. Oh, yes. Oh, he pulls the heartstrings heart all the time. <laughs> yes, I already know. Wow, amazing. Mallory, so... Let me ask you this. So with Collegiate Academy, where do you want to see it go? I I know that that you haven't started uh, it it that long ago, but you are, you know, doing very well with what you're you're doing currently. You know, do you want to see it grow even bigger? What what do you see long-term for Collegiate Academy? So long term, um, I'm starting in the process to build what I want to see. Uh, today, I hired my first employee. Okay. <laughs> so I will have someone here assisting me. Yes. And that is part of the process of growing, um, having building a team. And so mm-hmm. if you can't build the team while you're small, when you get big, it's going to make it the process harder. True. So we have discussed... Um, expanding and like what that would look like and how we would want to do that. Um, do I want to have a building or do I want to just take this the home and turn the entire downstairs into a school and just add an employee? Like what do I want that to look like? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't really say that I want a building because I know that once you get a building, you have to become the the director, and then that takes you out of the classroom. Mm. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out what the middle ground would be. And, you know, people come to your school because it's you. You're the teacher, mm-hmm. you know. And so I don't know if I'm ready just yet to make a move where I'm not the teacher. Um, having a teacher assistant has been, like, one of the things that I've been, like, talking about for the entire year last year. I was like, I need some help. I need some help because one person can run a show, but you don't want to make exhaust yourself. Like I need to know that these are, I have boundaries and like, yes, no. (laughs) And so this was not one of those things that we could say no to. We have to have someone to come in to assist me. Um, So we've been talking about it, but we want to make sure that it's a part of the plan and we take our time and not rush into anything. Uh, We do have a waiting list and it's like, you know, people want to come in and they want your, their children to enroll, but we want to make sure that we do it in our own space so we're not rushing ourselves. So, yes. I mean, you know, with with time, everything comes, and True. when that time comes, we'll be ready. I just don't think that that time is 
in the near future, but I'm not going to speak on if it is or not, because if it comes, the opportunity presents itself and I can still be hands-on and do everything that I've already been doing, then mm -hmm. I could, you know, I would. Because mm -hmm. I wanted to still be creative. That's the reason yeah. why the name is Creative Collegiate. So if I can't do um, a theme, like a space theme, and every classroom is doing the same space activity, then I don't want to do it. You know, like, I wanted to still keep that name, and I wanted to ring true that it's where creativity begins and the mm -hmm. love for learning never ends. And that creative piece is the most important to me when it comes to teaching and making sure kids get that. And that when you're creative, it makes them want to learn. Mm -hmm. Like, the kids are so excited about our theme next week. And I was like, you guys excited? I said, yes, we're excited. <laughs> and I showed them some, some of the things that we're going to do for next week. Our theme is lights, camera, action. Hey. It's all about me. So it's all about me theme, but we're going to do Hollywood. So I showed them some of the stuff that I was going to order for the theme, and they like, yes. And mm -hmm. I don't even know they, if they know what that really means, but they know that we're going to have a popcorn and movie day yeah. <laughs> on the Friday after that. So they're probably anticipating the movie day, but it's still they're excited about it. And yeah. so I think that if it can't, if I grow big, I want everything to still be the same way that it is while I'm small mm -hmm. and have teachers that are into that, whatever the thing is, you dress the part. Mm -hmm. And so one of the people that I think about when it comes to that is Ron Clark Academy mm -hmm. and how his school is. And like everything is probably what he's always dreamed of it being. And it never changed his vision because he got bigger. So, like, I want my vision to be the same when I grow big and I have the, the right type of people to come in and make that vision work. Yes. Well, I know you're going to figure it out, Mallory. Just like you said, you, no need to rush. Do it how you want to do it. It is your business. God is ordering your steps. I mean, I, I know that you're deeply rooted in your faith and you are going to figure it out. So, you know, just take it day by day like you're doing. And I know you're going to figure it out. Now, what I do want to ask you lastly is about that self-care. I'm going back to that self-care. Okay. <laughs> going back to that self-care now. See, now when you uh -huh. took them two months off, you ain't sit your little butt down. How does Mallory do self-care? What did you do to, to, to get a break? So, to get a break, I thank God for my sister. Um, she makes sure that I get a break from my best, my best, my broke best friend, <laughs> Eli. <laughs> um, and so, we're, this year I told uh, Wilson that I'm going to make it a point that we uh, have self-care moments. Like, I, the garage therapy is the best for me. Like, I will go somewhere and sit in the garage in complete silence. Just, just to get a moment of silence. Like, I just needed to be quiet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't need anybody saying anything to me. And he'll text me and say, are you in the garage? And I'm like, yes, I'm sitting in the car. Um, but I've, I've learned to take time for myself, which I never used to do before this. When I was teaching school, I would go, 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 go. And so mm -hmm. my body was like, you need to lay down. Yep. Um, so sometimes I don't like to ask for help, but I've learned to ask for help. So I'll call my mother-in-law. I'm like, hey, can, you know, Eli come over for a couple of hours? You know, Wilson is working a long shift today, and I just need some some quiet and she was like okay so I'll take him to um her or my grandmother or my mother and just take a moment of like quiet in the house like nothing's on I just mm -hmm. sit in quiet and sometimes you just have to do this to collect your thoughts um yeah. I pride myself on going to like get a massage once a month like yes. that's my thing I need that that time <laughs> we're probably gonna go next week like okay. I have made it a point to do those type of things even down mm -hmm. to cleaning like Self-care, you can clean, clean, clean and be, like, all over the place. I found someone who comes every two weeks to clean the entire downstairs. Good, Because good. that keeps me from the hustle and bustle of I got to clean up every day already mm -hmm. while the kids are here. So on the weekend, I need someone just to come in and clean and so that Monday can start fresh. And that, just doing that helps me. Like, not have to think about all the million things I have to do, but have someone to come in and clean. And while she's cleaning, I may go to the nail shop or something. And then by the time I'm done, she's done. Um, so I just mm -hmm. try to put things in place, even just taking that quiet moment in the garage just to sit and collect my thoughts in the car yes. has, like, really helped. Um, 
And eventually, I would want to find me a therapist, like someone to talk to. Yes. Because entrepreneur life mm-hmm. is hectic. <laughs> and yes, then on top ma'am. of mom life, on top of wife life, on top of Mallory was a person before all of this started. Mm-hmm. So the church that I attend believes in, you know, living well and making sure that you're, you're well, spiritually yes. and mentally. It's a, it's a twofold thing. Yeah. So... Wow. Well, good. I'm glad that you do have a routine. And it's just amazing to hear your journey, Mallory. Like I said, we've been knowing each other for a long time. And I've watched your growth over the years. You are an amazing wife, mother, entrepreneur. And I'm so proud (laughs) of you, Mallory. And I just hope, you know, I hope and pray that Creative Collegiate Academy you know, that it continues to give you joy and, you know, you're rewarded in these moments with these kids. And I want you to see it grow to to everything that you dreamed of, lady, everything that you dreamed of. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now, let everybody on this Verbally Effective podcast know how they can see the amazing things that you're doing with Creative Collegiate Academy and how they can follow you on socials. Okay, you all can follow me at Creative Collegiate on Instagram or at CCA on Facebook. You can also visit our website at www.creativecollegiate.org. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, Mallory Giselle Hewlett, owner of Creative Collegiate Academy, being my guest today on episode 133 of the Verbally Effective Podcast. Thank you, lady. Thank you.